0: This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Evangelist Jamie Ragel. I love being here. I love the fact that my wife is here. I actually love the fact that she came later and I didn't have to ride with her. You know, I have a GPS in my car until she gets in. I can be headed home to my house. And she'll say, now you're going to want to turn left at this next light. I'm glad you're here. Otherwise, I'd have been in that parking lot just driving around in circles. My dear wife is here, my family, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law. Rachel has battled cancer. She had the most aggressive form of breast cancer that is currently diagnosed uh, in medical text, and she's here today cancer-free, by God's grace. And my my wife's friend Sylvia and Ben, her husband, and some wonderful guests, thank you all so much for coming today. I'm going to give you a chance to find the book of Amos. Go ahead and start looking. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John... Amos. I'll give you a chance to turn there. I want to preface the message by giving you this consideration. Imagine that you and your wife or your husband are in the winter of your life. You've spent years working hard and you've spent years saving your money or doing your best to put a little bit aside. And you've decided now, I want to move to Coastal Carolina, or I want to move to Florida, maybe Siesta Key. Or perhaps you want to move to the beautiful Northeast where the cranberry bogs are. Maybe you want to be up in Boston, perhaps way out west, somewhere like Montana. And in the process of packing everything, you come across this little box. And in this box, are a litany of love letters that you'd written to your mate over the years. You'd written her, you'd written him, letter after letter after letter after letter, only to find out as you open the box and look in, that none of them have been opened. She hadn't read one. He had not read one. Humanly, how would that make you feel? How do you think he feels? He wrote us one. 66 books. I want to hear your best excuse. Give me your best reason for not reading this Bible. We're living in a day, and I told the class, Carol, this morning I'm not saying, hey, look what's happening in our world. I'm saying, look who's coming. These are not unsettling times for the child of God if you know what the Bible says. Now folks, let me tell you, just dispense with this and put your mind at ease or at least give you some clarity. Until Jesus comes, there will be no peace in the Middle East whatsoever. The Bible says they are the wild asses of the desert that will not be tamed. It's not going to happen. And the sad truth is, we live every day like we've got all the time in the world. We always going to believe it's going to happen. Oh, Jesus is coming. He's just not coming today. I haven't graduated from high school. I haven't went to the prom. I haven't gotten married. I don't have kids. I didn't get my promotion. In case you haven't noticed, folks, his time clock is not our time clock. As a matter of fact, the nation of Israel is God's time clock. If you want to know what time it is, look at the nation of Israel and look what's happening. In the book of Amos, let me just give you just a little introduction. Amos was a shepherd. He was a fruit farmer. There's a lot of people that say, well, you know, God would never use me. Why would you say that? God is not looking for the best. He's looking for the most available. He's looking for that person who will say, God, take my life and use my life. Have you ever... Have you ever driven a nail with the heel of your shoe? You ever done that? Probably. But you probably had a hammer in your garage. But the shoe was there when the hammer wasn't. Does that make sense? God's not always looking for the best. God doesn't care where you went to school. The color of your skin doesn't matter to Him. Your education or your parents and folks in 2023, We still have people who think they're better than other folks. I know that comes as a shock. Paul and I live on the 13th green. I don't care. When you get old, you can say things and they give you a pass. Did you know that? He's just an old man. It's like people who have questions. I have a question for you. Well... Before you ask it, do you want an answer or do you want an argument? Because I don't have time to argue. You want the truth or do you want a tale? And by the way, you people think you know everything about the Bible? This Bible says that no scripture is of any private interpretation. That means the way that God works in your life through a given text may not be the same way He works in my life through that same given text. But truth is still truth. Does that make sense? Some of you, you're down on yourself all the time, and quite frankly, you're exhausting to be around. No one, no one really wants me. Okay. Yes, we do. And everybody, everybody around you has to cheer you on all the time. Nobody really thinks I'm handsome. Well, you want the truth? Well, you know, I love to go out there. And that's the thing about getting old. You know, I'm old. I just don't like doing what people my age want to do. I, I don't want to go to Cracker Barrel. I don't want, I don't want to split a meal. They want to do that. Let's split a meal. Why would you want to do that? It's a delicious meal. I don't want to give you half of it. And we laugh about those things, but it's true. I don't, I don't want to go to Hobby Lobby. I don't, I don't want to go there. She wants to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to be there. I've got things to do. Amen? <clears throat> but in this passage of Scripture, you're going to find this lowly fruit farmer. He is, he's just a shepherd. He's a prophet in the southern kingdom of Judah. But God calls him to speak a prophetic word to the northern kingdom of Israel. Listen, <clears throat> the nation of Israel is split into two kingdoms. Uh, there, and by the way, there was a civil war. Amos <clears throat> was a prophet who lived in Judah, but God sent him to Israel to issue them a warning. The nation of Israel in 750 BC was doing well. They were very prosperous, but they didn't understand the spiritual condition and the moral depravity of their land. Folks, I want to tell you, whatever is said to Israel can apply greatly to us because of the parallels between the two nations. Let me say this, America is not mentioned in Bible prophecy. Jesus was not a Christian. Jesus was a Jew. He was the Savior. He was the Son of God. And folks, we live in a world today, we have taken everything we can do that has anything to do with God and thrown it right out the window. We want no part of it. Folks, anybody who says, well, you know, I don't think politics belong in the pulpit, Folks, abortion is a Bible issue. You can try to twist it any way you want. Please tell me how you can vote for a candidate who believes in the murder of the unborn and be okay with that. Can you explain that to me? Well, I want to vote for somebody who's going to take care of my finances and my Social Security. Hey, I've got a suggestion, but my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God's going to take care of you. He's going to take care of you. And this is the world we live in. I don't know whether I'm a boy or a girl. I have an idea. Get out of the shower, stand in front of the mirror. That'll settle it all. It's just, we've, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kid in the classroom, third grade, trying to study. He can't because his classmate, Leo, identifies as a lion. And he's in the back of the classroom looking out the window for some animal to kill and kicking desks over. And then you've got these weak parents, I I cannot control my four-year-old. You can't? (laughs) Send him to my house. I will heal him. He'll be changed. But you know what, folks? If you're not careful today, if you're a truth teller, let me say this. You can tell the truth. You don't have to be mean about it. Does that make sense? You don't have to be unkind about it. But Amos finds himself warning the nation of Israel of the fact that they had abandoned true worship And they had rejected God's word and God's instructions. How many of you know that God often uses common objects to illustrate spiritual truths? Well, here's how, Amos chapter eight, here's how God explains the nation to Amos. In verse, chapter, in chapter eight, verse one, the Lord God showed me, behold, a basket of summer fruit. And he, God, said, Amos, what seest thou? What do you see, Amos? And I said, a basket of summer fruit. Then the Lord said unto me, The end is come upon my people of Israel. I will not pass by them anymore. And the songs of the temple shall be howlings in the day, saith the Lord God. There shall be many dead bodies in every place. They shall cast them forth with silence. Skip on down to verse 8. Shall not the land tremble for this? Every one mourn that dwelleth therein. And it shall rise up holy as a flood, and it shall be cast out and drowned as by the flood of Egypt. It shall come to pass that day that the Lord God, I will cause the sun to go down at noon, I will darken the earth in the clear day. I will turn your feast in the morning, your songs in lamentation. I will bring sackcloth upon your loins, baldness to your head. I will make as the morning uh, of an only son and the end thereof as bitter day. Now watch it, class. Here's our text. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God. I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a famine of thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east, and they shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and they shall not find it. So God gives pictures of this impending judgment. Do you see it? He says, look at it, class. He says there's going to be earthquakes. He says there's going to be darkness over the land. He says, you're going to sing, but your singing is going to turn into howling. Uh, You ought to write this down. A parent is only as happy as their saddest child. You know, you can have all the money in the world, but when your kids don't live right, it breaks your heart. God says in the last days in the book of Deuteronomy, you'll have kids, but you won't enjoy them because they will go into captivity. Some of you today have enjoyed success in every arena of your life except your kids. Your kids are far from God. And instead of running to uh, the things of God, we look for every other excuse and every reason to blame somebody else. Look at this class. God says there's going to come a time when you're going to hunger for the things of God and you're not going to be able to find it. And he says to us all, you've been too busy for true worship. He says, you've rejected my word, you failed to love me, and you failed to love your neighbor. God says, this is what happens. As a matter of fact, God tells us in this passage, basically, you're not going to have the kind of famine where your belly is not full. You'll have food. You'll have water. You'll also have truth, but you'll pay it no mind. See, some of you really believed that homosexuality was a sin until your son announced that he was gay. Who changed? Some of you used to believe abortion was murder until your favorite politician said, well, it's the woman's right to choose. And folks, I understand this kind of preaching is not popular, but you know, you know why I preach this? I, I'm not, I fear Him more than I fear you. I'm not afraid of you. I don't mean that in a... bad. Be- well, I kind of get wadded up. Well, what are you going to do? Well, I'll kill you. Don't threaten me with heaven. This ain't the end for me, folks. The best is yet to come. Some of you get up complaining. You... F, you know what I don't like? You don't like anything. You don't like anything. Is anybody just over that kind of nonsense? Well, I'm praying about leaving the church. Good, that makes two of us. I've been praying you'd leave too. But you quit getting my hopes. Listen, it's easier for you to move your membership than for me to move my furniture. That's pretty good one. That's all right. But you'll look for it. God says you'll search for it, but you won't find it. You've so calloused your heart to the word of God, when you desire truth, you won't find it. Romans chapter one tells us about this this world. He says in verse 25, we exchange the truth of God for a lie. We worship the creation more than the creator. First Timothy chapter 4, in the last days people will harden, uh, have a form of godliness or they'll abandon their faith and they'll entertain what class? The doctrine of demons. Well, you know what? I'll tell you what I heard the other day. Uh, this expert said, folks, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter what they say, but it really matters what he says. You know, discernment, the difference between right and wrong. True discernment is not knowing the difference <clears throat> between right and wrong. It's the difference between knowing what's right and almost right. Does that make sense? There are a lot of public figures that do a lot of good things, right? You see them on television. They, they host talk shows. And they do a lot of good things for the community. They give a lot of money away. And they many of them even profess to know God. How many of you know that you can know God but not have a personal relationship with Him? You can know about Him but not know Him. Does that make sense? You can have a form of godliness and deny the power thereof. Some of you right now, you're scared. You're afraid. You're afraid. You're frightened. I said this to the Sunday school class. This bears repeating. Your life is not going to change. Your life is not going to change if you continue to remain loyal to the things that are killing you. You want God to change your life, but you won't let the landscape change because you won't let God change it. How many of you believe God can get your attention? How many of you believe it's better to give God your attention than for Him to have to get it? How many of you believe God can get it? How many of you have ever had God get your attention? You know, anybody here ever been in school and the teacher say, take out a piece of paper, number one to ten, pop quiz. Does anybody ever have that? A pop quiz. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Do you even know what I'm talking about? See, when they said pop quiz, I thought, well, I'm just going to pop on out of here. And even then, my mind was a million miles away. A square times B square equals C square. Okay, and And I can't tell you the number of times in my life that has helped me in the most difficult circumstance. (laughs) I remember looking at this. This is not for me, but you know it's for somebody. I'm glad somebody knows what it's for, amen? It's like flying a plane. I don't know how these things work. I don't know either, but I'm glad he knows. But it's always a little unnerving when you see the pilot get on the plane he's got two different color socks on. I don't bother a lot of people, but it scares me. It bothers me in the morning when I look at myself and realize something else has changed. Do you do that? What happened? Something shifted. Something's fallen off. I got a mole here that has an afro. Where'd that come from? Your bodies wear out. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen, we have a world today where we want the benefits of knowing God, but we don't want to know Him. So I want to give you a little exam. Do you mind? So in your mind, take out a piece of paper. And number one to seven. Just take a moment because it's time for your exam. It's time for people to honestly beg the Holy Spirit to search our hearts, to find out whether you are in a state of spiritual drought. A state of spiritual uh, uh, vacancy. Number one, you are probably at a stage of spiritual drought if you can't detect the voice of the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 14, Jesus speaking to his disciples uh, in the upper room. It's like, uh, let me put it this way. It's like if I call my dad, He has a phone where my name doesn't come up. And dad's 88. I'm not sure he can see even the numbers well. But I'll say, hey there, give me a report. And he says, hey son. He doesn't say, who is this? He knows my voice and my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they do what class? They follow me. Some of you don't know whether it's the voice of God or not. You struggled. If, is this God's voice? You pray, and you feel like your prayers don't go any higher than the salt shaker. Maybe you're at a place in your life where you really just need to say, God, here's my life. You know, this is friend day. I don't know how many years I've been coming, but we have been friends, and our friendship has endured the seasons of life, and we're still friends. But I'll tell you what I know, folks. Listen. I'll tell you what I know, at this time in life, it doesn't mean you can take for granted the fact that you're not 60, that you're 16, you're not promised another moment. I was telling my wife about something the other day on the couch and I watched this unfold in front of me, Carol Hamas and Isis takes this little five-year-old girl, did you see this? in the back of the car and shoots her in the head. Well, what is this? And she said, I don't want to see that. You know what? We can bury our heads in the sand. We can say we don't want to see it. Folks, this world is not getting better. That's why you've got to be right with God. And if I'm going to be your friend, I'm going to challenge you to do that. If you get mad at me, oh well. I can't tiptoe around every situation. You know, you said something about drinking. My dad's a drunk. Or you said something about adultery. I've committed adultery. Or you said something about homosexuality. My sister's gay. Listen, I can't tiptoe around that and preach the truth. If that bothers you, quit doing the wrong things that make you feel that way. If it bothers you, do Right? Bob Jones said, do right, do right. If the stars fall, do right. Do the right thing. You might be at a spiritual drought if you struggle to discern right from wrong. Good versus evil. Truth versus a lie. Do you have your Bible? Find the book of Psalms. You got time to turn there real quick? What is the longest chapter in the Bible? Somebody tell me. Somewhat? Psalm what? Psalm 119. Look at Psalm 119, verse 130. Psalm 119, verse 130. The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding to the simple. And folks, let me just say this. We Christians are really good at judging other people because their sin is different than ours there's not one any sin any worse or any more sin is sin man acting independent of god when you act independent of god that's sin there are people here today you you just you've taken it hook line and sinker the god of the world says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. He didn't make a mistake. He didn't go, whoops, I didn't know that. You are created in the image of God. He loves you. And I am stunned at the, I'm gobsmacked at the number of adults you still hear that bully in the seventh grade on the playground saying something about how big your nose is or you're fat or your mom's in prison or your teeth are crooked. You still hear that. It still governs your life rather than hear the God of the world say, I loved you so much. I gave my son to die a horrible death for you. And the next time you think you're not important or worth it, give me one other possible explanation for that. You know, I try to imagine as a parent how I would feel. Now, my daughter Holly is in heaven. You knew that. Many of you knew that. And for 30 years, God let her be a part of her life, even though she spent many years profoundly brain injured. She didn't walk. She didn't talk. She didn't speak. She was fed through a tube. She had seizures. She had no purposeful movement. She lived in a nursing home. God let us have her for 30 years. But when she died, it was kind of something we knew was coming. But if I were to get a phone call this afternoon that my daughter was murdered at the mall while picking up a dress for her daughter to go to the social, I would be... Mortified. It doesn't seem natural to lose your children. And yet, you're shuffling. I hear this, honestly. I hear parents that shuffle their kids off. Listen, I I don't know whether I ought to let my kids go there. Listen, well, my kids want, you know, they want to go to Carol's house, or they want to go to Caitlin's house, or they want to go to Joey's house. Listen, no, no, no. You want to know why? Let me tell you why. Joey's mom and dad take drugs. He has Playboy magazine in the house. And he also has junk on his TV. Now, Caitlin can come here because we we know what the house rules are here. But I'm not just going to ship you off there. And if you think for one minute you can ship your kids out and let them spend their night in places like that and that environment that affect their thinking, you've lost your mind and you let them tell you what to do you do she would throw a fit then let her throw one and the day she don't want to do right let her live in the grass not my grass you find your own grass there is an answer there is a solution Folks, it's just, by the way, do you know this was common type of preaching when I grew up as a boy? We didn't tiptoe. Well, Agnes is not going to like that. I don't care. I do care about this, though. You've come to a place in your life where you're blind to the sin in your own life. And when you're confronted, you don't think it's a big deal. You don't want to, that's not a big deal. How many hours a week do you watch TV? Did you turn this off? How many hours a week do you watch TV? What do you watch? Hmm? What do you watch? I like that word. You almost have to say that with an accent though, don't you? It's just nothing but rubbish, mate. And you fill your mind with that. And you pollute your mind with it. And here's God's word going, hey, I wrote you some letters. Have you read this? You don't know what to do? You don't know where to go? You don't know what the future holds? He does. He's got the answer. Some of you here, you're so heartbroken. Your life is in such disarray. The scripture says, thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Do you know in Romans, this is an interesting verse. Just write it down. But in Romans chapter 7 and verse 7, the apostle Paul said, I wouldn't even know what sin is were it not for the word of God. Romans chapter 7 verse 7. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. For I had not known lust, except the law had said, thou shalt not covet. So some of you, when you're confronted by the wrong in your life, you know what your answer is? That's not a big deal. Well, you want to know why you feel that way? Because you don't read this book. And you're not convicted by this book. And Paul said, I didn't even know what sin was until I read this book. You know, you would think after us, if somebody saved my life, do you think I'd be loyal to them? I've seen God perform miracle after miracle after miracle. Is there anybody here tonight who would, or this morning, who would raise your hand and say, I know of more than one incident in my life where God spared my life? You ever, I mean, honestly, have you ever looked back and you thought, you know what, if I'd have left five minutes early and got out there on that road, I'd have been hit by that 18 wheeler? I'll never forget, Pastor, in Cincinnati, I'm waiting to get on a plane. We find out this was 30 years ago. I'm waiting to get on a plane. And the man in front of me finds out the flight is going to be either severely delayed or canceled. He throws an absolute fit and he yells and he screams and he yells and he screams at the at the the, the flight attendant lady or the, the customer service agent. And she, after being beat up for 30 minutes, finally puts him on another plane. And guess what? That plane crashed. Some of you don't get your way and you don't realize it might be God sparing your life. But if God has saved your life, why do you have to be begged to read the Bible? Why do you have to be begged? to Some of you you get your miracle and the minute you get it, God's back on the shelf again. The minute God bails you out, you're right, there's God back on the shelf again. Is tithing biblical? Dr. Coot, you're a smart man. Is tithing biblical? A tithe is what? It's one tenth. You make 100,000, 10,000 belongs to God. No questions asked. Well, I don't believe that. Well, you want to know why you don't believe that? Because you haven't read this book. This ain't a thought, this is not an opinion. This is His Word. I think you turned me off, didn't you? Nobody's saying amen anymore. Hard to sick a dog is chewing your leg off, isn't it? God's Word is like a mirror. If you ever want to know who you are, look into the mirror of God's Word. Now, i got a great illustration. How many of you know that a woman will respond to her husband the way she sees him respond to God? Huh? My wife won't do anything I ask her to do. She might be giving you just what you're giving him. Sir, you don't give him any respect. She don't give you any. You want your wife to follow you, then follow him. The word of God is a mirror. Sometimes I feel like I'm too loud, but I'm not. I mean, at the ball game, we scream our ever-loving heads off. But I'm passionate about this. Listen, you easily give in to the appetite of the flesh. Galatians six eight. You sow to the Spirit instead of the flesh, guess what happens? You reap a blessing. But if you sow to the flesh instead of the Spirit, what happens? You reap corruption. You, you, listen, you sow to the wind, you reap the whirlwind. One of these days you're going to say, how in the world did I get here? By the way, if you want to know if you're in a season of spiritual drought, your faith is running on low. You see, Romans chapter 10, verse 17. And boy, I appreciate these guys at the back who are right on the ball. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So then, read it, class. So then faith cometh by and hearing by the... So if you're not in church, where do you hear it at? Well, you know, brother so-and-so, I see him on TV every week. He's my pastor. Really? When you're in the hospital, give him a call and see if he'll come visit you. (laughs) Come on, folks. If, listen, if I'm sick, if I'm sick and I go to the doctor, I don't want he or her to tell me I have a cold. If I have cancer, I want to know I have cancer. If I have congestive heart failure, I don't want them to tell me that I just have a little shortness of breath. Folks, God tells you the truth. Do you want things to improve in your life? So how old are your kids? Let me ask you a question. Parents, how old are your kids? Well, that window is closed. (laughs) No, but I, I think about how, how old are your children. You know, it's really interesting because one of the most eye-opening experiences I've ever had in almost 50 years of ministry was at a youth camp one day when a pastor's daughter sat down next to me, and she said, "You can I just talk to you?" And I said, "Well, sure." And we were at an outdoor tabernacle. We went all we weren't cubbed off somewhere in a. Pro- We were out where everybody could see what was going on. Matter of fact, there were kids running around the camp and we were in the outdoor tabernacle. She said, man, you know, I like to hear you preach. And she said, you're funny. You're not boring and keep my interest. She says, but it's just hard for me to buy all this stuff. You know, my dad's a pastor. And if you knew the kind of life he lives at home. By the way, that's not just pastors. It's for everyone. Your kids don't listen to what you say as much as they watch how you live. Oh, by the way, <clears throat> do you want science? Do you need science? The single greatest influence in the life of a child is the same sex parent. So for girls, it's their mothers, but guess what? The Bible said it. As is the mother, so is the daughter. You don't like what you see in them? Go to the mirror. You want to blame somebody else for the behavior of your family? Listen, there comes a time when they grow up and they make their own choices. But folks, we have a responsibility to train up our children when they're young. Give them the Word. And don't just give it to them, live it. They don't listen to what you say as much as they watch how you live. I'm running out of time, so we're running out of message. You want to know if you're at a place of spiritual drought, you will lack joy and hope. Jeremiah says, your words are my joy. Look at, uh, look at Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16. Jeremiah chapter 15 and verse 16. Thy words were found and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart, for I'm called by by thy name, O Lord God. Folks, do you understand? God says if you don't have joy, it's because you don't read this. He said, I don't just read it, I eat it. I consume it. If there's an absence of joy in your life and hope in your life, some of you, it's just negative nagging well no son do you know he gives us hope some of you are truly exhausting everything is a thunderstorm you know i got up this morning this was a morning i could have really stayed at home does anybody else say i know that's right if you got up when i did I didn't sleep till 9: 15 and run out the door without taking a bath, and I didn't even brush my teeth. We know. We know. I mean, I got up, went outside. I think I was getting up anyway, because I got up about four times anyway through the night. Anybody else do that? I remember the other day I was telling the driver, I said, "I've got to stop and go to the bathroom." He said, "You can't you wait. To, do you understand I've got to go? I'm going somewhere, so you." I'm I'm going down here at the Sunoco station, or I'm going in this car. So you figure it out, because it's happening. How many of you know these old bodies wear out? When I got up this morning, it was rainy, it was cold, it was windy. Do you know what? Look at it today. It's sunshine. It's happy. It's a beautiful fall day. How many of you know God can take these dreary days of our lives and bring sunshine? I want to leave you with something. Adam, are you somewhere around? I thought you was out smoking. That's what all those. (laughs) They do that. Those musicians do uh, (laughs) that. See that cough? Telltale. Yeah, just before I start, oh, excuse me. I was mentioning to the class this morning these beautiful young people back here in the back. Jesus went to his disciples and the Bible says he constrained them to get into a ship. That word means he twisted their arm. He said, I want you to get into this ship and go out in the fourth watch of the night. Does anybody know what time that was? That's between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. He said, I want you to get in the ship. I want you to go out and they're probably four to five miles out. And, the, guys, and, and the, the Bible says a storm like the storm of this century. Do, do you not think the Lord had a weather app on his phone? How many of you believe God knew the storm was coming? How many of you have enough faith to understand you might be in the storm you're in right now because you're right where God wants you to be? And he wants to teach you something. He wants to teach you something in that. Maybe through it all, you'll understand he has this beautiful plan. Listen, I'm not saying there are correcting storms. There are storms in our life that God uses to whip us into shape. But there's also perfecting storms that God uses to cultivate and make us strong. I look at these beautiful young people, and just you're beautiful to me, young teenagers. I've always loved teenagers. You know, I just got invited. I'm 66. I just got invited to do another youth camp. They said, we, we want you to speak to our teenagers. They absolutely love to hear you preach. And I thought, but I'm 66. They said, oh, they don't care. They like it because you're straight up. Do you know what? Young people don't mind the truth. They don't. They, they mind an old guy trying to act like he's Hood. <laughs> you ever seen these bleached white guys that try to act like they're from South Central? Hat turned around backwards. It looked like a shaved bird. Worst thing ever happened to them. Mom didn't pick them up at the mall. Listen, be who God wants you to be. But this is all we want you to come You know what I tell every teenager, even now? It's better to avoid what you might not be strong enough to resist. Let me explain that to you. Hey, Dad. Casey's having a party Friday night, and I know they're going to be doing a little bit of this. But Don't worry. I'm I'm not going to do that. Here's a better choice. Hey, Dad. Casey's going to be having a party this Friday. I know they're going to be doing a little bit of this, so I'm not going. It's better to avoid what you might not be strong enough to resist. Instead of date some dude that don't respect his mom, and by, listen, you can learn late if you want to, or you can learn now. You show me how a guy treats his mom, I'll show you how he'll treat his wife. About 90% of the time, that's true. A guy that doesn't respect his mother won't respect his wife. You show me how a boy treats his mother, I'll show, you show me how a girl treats her daddy, and I'll show you how she'll treat her husband. And about 90% of the time, that's true. And some of you right now, you don't know what to do, the war that's going on, the unsettling uh, in your life, the, the, the problems of society. Let me give you this last thought. You lack direction in your life, and that's where we go to now. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalm 119, 105. So look at it this way, folks. Before you can go from here to here, you have to have directions. I don't know how many times I've driven here, Pastor, but I always I depend so much on the GPS that even if I know where I'm going, I use the GPS. You wanna know where you're going, this is the answer. You wanna know how to get there, this is the answer. I wanna ask you a question, look right at me. I don't want you to look somewhere, I want you to look right at me. So, if I had a pill, and I said to you, this pill will 100% cure any cancer you have. The cancer with the highest morbidity, appendiceal cancer, a blastoma or pancreatic cancer, if you take this pill, you will be 100% healed, guaranteed, no side effects, cancer gone. And you knew I was telling you the truth. Would you be interested in that? Who wouldn't be? The God of the world says, trust me. Says, call upon me. Dr. Kahoot has heard me say this a thousand times. My wife's heard me say it 10,000 times. Some of you say, well, the devil makes me doubt my salvation don't get it twisted the devil doesn't make you doubt your salvation as much as you give him credit for the devil is a deceiver he's a liar if he can talk angels out of heaven he can talk you into hell he'd be just as happy for you to die and go to hell off a church pew as he would a a jail cell some of you are not saved you think you are so you know what's coming listen to this God has never saved you if he hasn't changed you. If you are what you were, then you ain't. I didn't have to go to church. I get to go to church. I don't have to read my Bible. I get to read my Bible. You listened to Evangelist Jamie Ragel. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.